When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Royal Blue Podcast. I'm Phil Kirkbride, and today I'm joined by Dave Prentice, Adam Jones and Gav Buckland as we chew the fat over all the major talking points at Goodison Park. And, of course, we are here to preview the trip to Brentford and, of course, ask is this a massive game or are we getting slightly carried away with our concern with a six-game winless run or is it, in fact, vitally important? We'll also discuss strikers. Rafa Benitez listing his options ahead of the trip to uh, to London at, at the weekend and, needless to say, underwhelming response from many supporters. But we will discuss who or how Rafa should plug the gap left by DCL and Richarlison. Do you risk Abdullah Kore back in training this week? Rafa says maybe he has a chance of playing. And of course, the big question, because this is Everton of the modern era and this is not Everton of the David Moyes era, is Rafa or should Rafa be concerned about his job? And of course, we will end with predictions as well. Um, Prenna, we'll start with you. So going back to the top of the agenda, I think we all naturally feel that it's a massive game on Sunday. Is it a massive game or do we need a semblance of calm and say, look, it's only the end of November. Injuries have, have really taken its toll on yeah. this team. Win, lose or draw, the season will not be defined by uh, what happens uh, in the capital. It's a bit of both. I mean, um, it's a very, very important game. But equally, we do need to add a sense of perspective to it. And I'm, I'm reminded of something that, uh, that Gary Neville did and said early in the season when he jumped all over uh, Arsenal's corpse when uh, they were beaten at Brentford on the opening day. And uh, they lost two or three games in succession and, uh, you know, had a really bad start. And Neville absolutely slaughtered them. And then it must have been about uh, a month, six weeks later, he basically apologised and said he'd yeah, reacted too quickly because, and then he listed the number of players that Arsenal had unavailable at the start of the season and the number of players that had come back into form. And that is why he said he overreacted, uh, because he didn't really take into account the number of players that they had missing at the time. And you can apply the same argument to Everton. I understand why people are getting very, very twitchy, because it has been a long run without you know, sort of any wins. And looking at the fixture list, which is looming in December, there's some very, very tough games there. So this is identified as a fixture which possibly, you know, so could get something out of, which is why it is so important. But you also have to add that perspective into it that this injury record at the moment is horrific. Um, and it just seems to be really key players every time. But it was bad enough at Manchester City. And then Damari Gray, who's been one of the shining lights of the season so far, also goes off after 20-odd minutes. So it's not just players being injured, it's key players being injured. So you have to add all that into the mix. But, you know, as we've seen, we all look at social media all the time and we understand, you know, so people are getting very, very twitchy and very, very nervous about the situation. And we need a result sooner rather than later, a positive result. So, yeah, it's very, very important. But equally, we do need to bear in mind, look, you know, so it is mid-November, late November, 
the fixture list, oh, sorry, the, the injury record has been absolutely miserable and it will, fingers crossed, improve, you know, so as the season progresses and hopefully results will then improve as well. That doesn't, you know, disguise the fact that we do need a win, you know, or not a win, we need a result. You know, we need to go to Brentford and get something, you know, so we need to, you know, just try and steady the ship a little bit and come back with a positive, you know, sort of statement of intent, at least to restore a little bit of confidence ahead of next Wednesday. Adam, um, same question to you. Is is this a massive game or do we need some perspective? And, you know, do we simply have to come away with something tangible or is, you know, and is a good performance simply not enough despite all of the injuries and the, and the holes gaping as they are in, in the team at the moment? I think it, it, it's arguably come to the point where this probably is a must-win game for Everton now and, you wouldn't usually expect that, and you know, especially going away to a newly promoted side. I think Brentford play some nice football as well, so it's not exactly going to be an easy game at all. But I think the last few results that Everton have had have kind of forced their hand. Really, I, I don't think it's acceptable enough to go there and just put in a decent performance and get a draw, get a draw because you know Everton are kind of hosting Liverpool uh, at the, uh, a few days later, aren't they? You know, they they've got. Arsenal on the way as well, which is not going to be an easy game at all. So it's just, I think it has probably got into the the must-win sort of territory. And, you know, that's, that's not to say that there shouldn't be any sort of perspective put onto this, because as we've rightly said over the course of the last few weeks, Everton have been missing a fair few key players. Uh, you know, Dominic Calvert-Lewin's a big player to miss. Abdelaide Decore is obviously a huge player to miss. Yeni is a huge player to miss as well. So... Missing the likes of those three players is is always going to hurt any any sort of team in the Premier League. So, yeah, it, it, it's it's it, it's a difficult situation that Everton find themselves in. But I do think that going to Brentford and winning has to be has to be you know not just a priority, but it has it has to be a necessity really because the Everton have backed themselves into a corner in a way. They've got a really really difficult run of games coming up where you're looking at them. You're looking at some of those games and you're thinking, where where the points going to come from? This game against Brentford, I know they started the season quite well. They've had a few more tricky results over the past couple of weeks. Everton have got to be looking at this, even with you know the kind of injury and suspension worries that they're going to have, and you know I'm sure that we're going to talk about a little bit later on. You know, even with the kind of selection issues that Rafa Benitez is going to have, I think he needs to be highlighting this game as one where it's like, right, this is this is a game where we can take three points from. So it's it's a tricky situation that Benitez finds himself in, certainly, and it's a tricky situation that Everton find themselves in, but it has got to the point now where it, it I do think that this is probably a must-win game. Gav, Preno says we just need something. Adam says must-win. What do you think? Um, <laughs> you could say something and must-win, couldn't you? It means the same thing. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so I'm agreeing with both. Uh, I, I'm with Adam. I, I think it's a must-win game. I think in I think in a normal run of fixtures, you'd probably say, well, a point would be enough. Um, you know, just at least get get something. But I think given the fact that, I mean, looking at Crystal Palace away before Christmas, that looks a different, difficult game, doesn't it? Really, far more difficult than what it looked a month ago. Um, and obviously, we've got really really hard games before Christmas. Um, so you're thinking in that context that you need three points, don't you? 
definitely just to give us a bit of a you know bit of a boost and a bit of ballast um i think um uh, i think it's essential um and saying that i mean we're saying we're on a poor run but they're on a poor run as well they lost four out of five something like that so i don't i don't want to use the term six pointer <laughs> but you go you go to at this stage <laughs> yeah. of the season. Um so I'm not gonna do that, but it's I don't know, can you say four pointer, can you? I don't know. Uh, but I would say I'd say win. I, I agree I'd with that. I'd take four points from Sunday. <laughs> yeah, I tell you what, I'd take four points from the next two games if there's something like that. no, but I, I'm definitely with that on this. I don't think performance and the point is really what we need. It, it's a win, isn't it? Because of the fixes that are coming, and uh, so in that context, talking to me neighbour last night and saying the context of the season, it's a big game, isn't it? Mm. I think. So, Preno, so, 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 and, and I don't mean this, I don't mean this flippantly at all. But what happens if we don't win? Um, the mood changes even more darkly, and it's it's quite a dark place amongst uh, a lot of Evertonians at the moment, anyway. Um, I mean, I was thinking earlier in the week about doing a piece about this game and describing it as like, you know, a possible watershed game. And it seems very, very early to be talking about things like that. Um, you know, so normally watershed games come, you know, so later in the season, more pivotal moments. Although having said that, people always talk about the famous Coventry game, the League Cup tie being a watershed moment in the club's history. And that was October, wasn't it, Gav? Or November, maybe. Really? So, you know, which Coventry League Cup tie are you talking about? The 83 one or the 93 Yeah, no, the, yeah. the one where Sharpie limped into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Um, so, you know, it's it's never too early, really, you know, so for, for watershed games, if you like. Um, I don't think it does fall into that category. I just think it's a very important fixture to try and restore a little bit of confidence amongst the, the crowd more than anything. I mean, Benitez in his press conference yesterday was being very, very keen to try and stress how tight the Premier League table is at the moment. Um, I mean, if you look at it, Crystal Palace, are they having a good season? Yeah, of course they are. Uh, they're only a point ahead of Everton. And yes, you know, they made a really bad start, which is why, you know, so they are where they are on the table. Man United, I know they've got, you know, problems galore, but look at the quality of their squad. They're only two points, you know, so further up the table. So it is tight and a win can make a massive difference. But if we don't get that win, or, you know, so if we only pick up a point, maybe, suddenly you find yourself dropping down a little bit further and then, you know, best one in the world. I don't think many people are anticipating us getting much next week. I know derbies can be a little bit different on occasions, but, you know, no one's got any massive confidence about that one. So suddenly you find yourself, you know, with, with let's say for argument's sake, one point from the next two games and suddenly, you know, 11th becomes 13th, becomes 14th and people do start to get very, very twitchy then, which is why it, it's important. And by people getting twitchy, um, and I know we're going to talk about this a little bit later, that could include people in positions of authority at the football club. So, uh, yeah, it's very, very important that we do, you know, sort of get something as well as a, a performance and the results. And I think, you know, so if we've got a strong enough 11 to send out, and there's no guarantee that is the case at the moment, you know, they're capable of doing that. But, yeah, it's it's one of those really pivotal periods of the season at the moment. And So, as a result, yes, it's a very, very big game this one on Sunday. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Adam, several positions on the pitch which will be of concern to Evertonians who are listening to this podcast and, and thinking about how the manager will line up on Sunday. But of course, none more pressing than up front. No Calvert-Lewin, injured. No Richarlison, suspended. Rafa went through his options the inverted commas, didn't he, yesterday at the, at the press conference? Uh, Rondon, Tosin and Sims. But just bring us up to speed for anybody who wasn't sort of aware of, of what Rafa's response was and a little bit of, uh, of reaction, at, at least online reaction to, to what he said. Well, it was quite interesting, wasn't it? You know, he went, as you say, he went through his options and he said, uh, he made the point that Sims is only just coming back from injury and, you know, he's got the experience of, Tosin and Rondon, and he's you know, hinted towards the fact that a game against Brentford, you know, newly promoted side away from home, he was saying that uh, the more experienced players have got much more chance of of starting this game than Ellis Sims would. And you know, on the face of it, I can kind of, you know, you can see where he's getting at, can't you? You know, the like Ellis Sims still hasn't made a Premier League appearance, so it's it's really hard to uh, know how he's going to react to the, to this level. Obviously, he's only. He's only just got 45 minutes earlier in the week after his uh, injury issues that he's had so far this season. So you can understand, in a way, Rafa Benitez wanting to protect him in a certain, in a certain sense. Uh, but a lot of the reaction, you know, from social media, I could also I could also see the point as well because Rafa Benitez then went on to say, you know, he, he talked about the younger players in general, and he said just because they're young players doesn't make them good players, and you know sometimes they're just they haven't got the experience or the mentality to be able to step into the Premier League. And, you know, some of the reaction that I was seeing from that online is that, you know, I think fans rightly pointing out, well, these lads aren't going to get the experience if you're not if you're not playing them. So it, it, it they kind of get stuck in stuck in a little bit of limbo, really, don't they? And I think, you know, probably that's an issue that Everton have had over the last few years. I know Gav has mentioned it a few times that we don't blood youngsters uh, early enough, but you know, we've got a couple of a couple of young lads coming through who is you know still teenagers. Tyler Onyango, Lewis Dobbin, I'm thinking of uh, really there. Ella Sims is obviously a, a little bit older and is probably a lot nearer to senior football. I would say in terms of you know his pure physicality and you know obviously he got uh, a lot of game time for Blackpool in the second half of last season and performed really well there, didn't he? I know to to League One level rather than Premier League, but it's still senior football, isn't it? So. It, that will, will have been a good experience for him. So, you know, I did see a lot of uh, a lot of fans saying that you know Rondon's had his chances this season and he's well certainly not hit the ground running. And I think that's probably being kind to him. Cenk Tosin's had God knows how many chances over over the years, and it looks very likely that he's going to be leaving the club in the summer. So, why would you not just give give the opportunity to somebody like Sims, who's you know just signed a new contract with the club? Still hasn't made his first Premier League appearance. You know he's desperate to prove himself in senior football, and yeah, it, it, it's really hard because I can't understand both sides of the argument really. Because you know I do see do see Benitez's point that you know he, 
he might he might not be ready as of yet. It might be a different situation if Sims hadn't just come back from his own sort of long term injury. But he has only he has only just come back from a long term injury. He's had a few couple of weeks of training sessions under his belt. He's only had forty five minutes for the twenty threes earlier this week as well. Is he fit enough to step into well, you know, what would be a step up for him as well in terms of Premier League football? But on the flip side, I suppose there's only one there's only one way to find out, really, isn't there? In such an important game, which we've described as a must-win, is it is it the perfect opportunity to throw in an unproven youngster? I'm, I'm really not sure. If, I, I'm, I'd be minded to maybe just take the risk, just to see just to see what had happened. To be honest, because you know we've seen Rondon this season, and I've, I've really not been impressed by him. Uh, I can't remember the last time I was ever impressed by Cheng Tosin. Uh, stepping into an Everton side, so you know, just for just to do something different, I might I, I might be tempted to throw Sims in, but yeah, it's a really it's a really really tricky situation for Benitez to find himself in, certainly. Gav, surely Sims can't start a Premier League football game, having only ever played at League One level, been injured, had forty five minutes for the twenty threes in midweek. He's not ready, is he? No. Now, just saying about Rondon, I don't think he's hit the ground. <laughs> he's hardly hit the ground ambling round, has he really? <laughs> uh, <laughs> to be fair, no. I, I mean, I, I, the, the way, the, what I took from Benitez's press conference yesterday is there's actually no chance of him playing on on Sunday. That he said, Rondon, uh, Tosin. And then he sort of mentioned Sims as a bit of an afterthought, didn't he? Um, so I think no chance and not the game, is it really? There's a wider discussion here about when you can play from the academy. Um, but I think uh, definitely not on, on Sunday. But I also you also get I also agree having said that, I also get the, the thing that actually bringing some new blood in like lifts the sort of morale you know, with the fan base and stuff. Um I get that, but from a pragmatic perspective and and he says it's the ultimate pragmatist, isn't he? In a, in a lot of respects, there's uh, no chance. We'd be very mm. surprised. Yeah, because uh, while I accept that absolutely bringing in a young player creates a buzz and, and lifts the crowd, and I'm not saying this would happen with Sims, but he's unproven at Premier League level yeah. and it's a different beast altogether, that excitement, that buzz would very quickly dissipate if the ball's not sticking when he's the lone man up front or he's getting bullied and the ball's just coming back, his head yeah, yeah. drop. So it's I can see I can see why fans are saying we've got to try something different, but for me it's just not the avenue you, you no, go down no. at this point. No, absolutely, especially in a team that's struggling. So right, if it mean like City got that young lad last week, didn't he? Or I think he's played a couple of times up front. Now that's the the type of there, I say it. Not so much just Everton there, but that's the type of match and opponent that that deal, isn't it? Yeah. Then for the way when you need possibly a win is not really the game you want to um, to start somebody. And as you say, you know, but we've, we've all seen this. You know, people crave youngsters coming in when they come in and they don't hit the ground running, then things can turn quite quickly against them. Mm. Uh, so definitely not. Uh, for me, and I can't see Benitez doing that on uh, on Sunday, bringing somebody young, younger. So, Prenum, we we've whittled Rafa's options down to two. 
he's got to choose, assuming he plays one up front, he's got to choose between Rondon and Jenk Tosin. Who should he pick? I think the fact that he's even talking about Jenk Tosin at the moment indicates that he's going to be the one. He would be my pick, uh, purely because Rondon just hasn't done anything, you know, to suggest that, you know, he, he deserves his, his place. I take, you know, so Adam's reservations about Tosin, you know, so on board, but I don't know. I, 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 he's got something. He's got a goal in him. You know, he's um, he's got a variety of goals in him. He's not your obvious target man who's going to hold the ball up, as you know. So Benitez was hoping that Rondon could do, which is the way you know, like he wanted to play and get you know get crosses into the box. But he's very good at converting crosses into the box. He's done that, you know, initially. You know, so when he was signed, he had a little flurry of like so four or five goals, and he scored the odd goal since. You know, so the FA Cup tie down at Millwall was it in the. The one where he took everybody by surprise, managing to produce a turn of pace from the halfway line <laughs> to Bristol Palace. Palace. Yeah. yeah. So you know, <laughs> there, there, there is you know something there, but the fact that we're even talking about him, you know, and the fact that he hasn't kicked the ball for so long, and that's nothing down to him. That's down to do you know sort of dreadful luck with luck with injuries. There's a shock, uh, but underlines the the Palace position that which which we're in that you know we're having to turn to players like this. Um, for me, you know, so it would be, it'd be Tosin, you know, so I, I would pick him above Rondon. Uh, and I totally take, you know, Gavin's argument on board about Ellis Sims. I think it's far too soon for the lads. You know, so if he'd been playing regularly for the under-23s this season and he was fully match fit and sharp, maybe, but not after 45 minutes in the under-23s, that could be so damaging to the lads. You know, especially given that Brentford are a very physical team at the back, you know, so, you know, a lot of presence there, a lot of physicality. Um, and you know he's going to have to fight to earn any scrap of possession that he might have anyway. I mean, Ellison also has a goal on him. You know, I've spoken many times with the the academy people about him because he's one of those players that catches the eye. You know, very very early. You know, because he scores ridiculous numbers of goals. You know, his goals record. You know, for the under 18s was absolutely outrageous. Like virtually a goal a game. And that under 23s isn't too shabby either. And I remember you know so asking about him, and I was told at the time. I said that, yeah, he's a goal scorer, but he needs an awful lot more to be added to his game. And that is what will be, you know, sort of in the manager's head, you know, before a Premier League debut. Because, you know, whilst, you know, being able to score goals is a wonderful quality to have, to actually get the opportunity to bury those chances, you need to have so much more to your game in the Premier League. Which is why I think somebody with the experience like Cheng Tosin will probably get the nod. You know, I mean, it probably can confuse us all now and go for Rondon again, which won't be a popular move. But, you know, it's, he is, shall we say, options are sorely limited at the moment. Indeed. Indeed. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Adam, what would be a popular decision would be uh, the inclusion of Abdullah Decore. Rafa said on Thursday, maybe he has a chance before we started recording this pod. For what it's worth, the club tweeted an image of Abdullah in training, uh, looking happy. So, so, and he's obviously tweeted last night, hasn't he? As well, back soon. Cryptic messages, uh, left, right, and centre. Should he start him? Is it a risk to start to Corey? Is he match fit? Even if his foot's healed, what what do you think? Well, I think it's interesting, isn't it, that Rafa Benitez in his press conference yesterday was kind of playing down. The risk of bringing Decore back in because he's saying, you know, with it being a better tarsal injury rather than being a, a muscle injury, he doesn't think that there's any issue in terms of overloading the injury problem that he's had over the last few weeks. Of you know, you've, I think he said the phrase, "If it because it's a metatarsal injury, if he's fit, he's fit." So that that was 
that was really interesting to see. So it just depends on how match fit uh, Rafa Benitez sees him being. I'd like to see Decore like start the game on on a Sunday and hopefully give us forty five minutes to an hour. See whether he can you know, be the difference in that in that period of time. Get Everton at least on the right foot and perhaps get them in front in a in what is going to be a crucial game because I just think that if you if you were to rest them and you know preserve them for the Merseyside derby, let's say, and just throw them into a Merseyside derby cold, having been out of the side for what will essentially be what nearly two months. Because he, he last played against Man United at Old Trafford, didn't he? So it'll be nearly, well, it will be actually be two months by the time that Merseyside derby comes around. You know, to throw him, throw him cold in in there. You know, obviously he's a he's a fantastic player, and I think he could do it. But I just have a little bit of reservation about that. I'd like to see him get you know forty five minutes to an hour, let's say, beforehand against Brentford. You know, get him get him back into the swing of things, and then let's hope that he can. That he, he can again be the difference uh, against Liverpool. So, and of, co- of course, with Everton's lack of midfielders at the minute, you know, with Tom Davis being out injured, we had uh, the news earlier this morning as we're recording that Alan has picked up some sort of knock himself over the course of this week as well. So, I think in in, in essence, Rafa Benitez's hands is going to be forced a little bit. You know, we've we've got so little midfielders that he kind of does have to throw to Corey in and. He's been so, so good for us over the course of this season that I think as soon as we can throw him back in, I think we we probably should. So, fingers crossed, he will be considered at least you know, 80 to 90% match fit because I think that's enough. I'd throw him in for that. Gav, any different thoughts on Decore's potential uh, inclusion? No, no. Second time today, I'm going to agree with that. Uh, he's got a play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, I think for a number of reasons, I'm just. Do you think, given our absence of midfielders, do you think we play four four two on on a Sunday? Who you who you put in? Throw Rondon and Tosin up there. Yeah. <laughs> wow. yeah, I just think it's allowed. But now he's got to play. Imagine he. Um, I'd rather see him play against Brentford and sort of miss Liverpool. If he's had the reaction, then miss Brentford and play against Liverpool. Because I think that's where he's going to be more vital to us. Because I think his influence against Brentford on the pitch is going to be far greater than his influence against Liverpool. Because you've just spoken about how important the game is Mm. on Sunday. So for that reason, he's got to play against Brentford and then just take it from there. And if he if he picks up a knock or he's you know he's struggling. Then yeah, okay, okay. I could I could live with missing against Liverpool, um, and then we've got a bit of a gap. Then haven't we? Is it is it? And Wednesday the next game after that. The Monday, the following Monday. Monday. Yeah, we've got five days. Then haven't we? After the, the derby, uh, so now we've got to play him on 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 Sunday. And listening to Benitez yesterday, he sounds mute music. Was he was going to play him? Wasn't it really? Mm. Well, especially Preno, when it seems as clear as anything, not only in his decisions, but also in the kind of words he used yesterday, that, that Rafa just is not having Gabamin. No, that's funny, actually, because he just doesn't seem to figure in the equation at all now, does he? Uh, you know, we're talking about an absolute midfield crisis, and yet he's not even mentioned. You know, so a guy that cost, what was it, 25 million quid only, uh, what, two, three years ago? 
and he's fully fit. Um, you know, so there are no recurrences anymore. I mean, I heard like a few weeks ago that his his performances at Finch Farm had been inconsistent. Um, you know, his training sessions were good one day, poor the next, which is why you know, so the manager wasn't trusting him from the starting games. And then obviously, as we saw against Wolves, you know, it was just like absolutely right off it. You know, so yeah, it's it's un, it's not frustrating, but understandable as well why he's not figuring. And it goes down once again, I suppose, you know, so to, to recruitment. I mean, we've got that problem. So many players that we've got on the books, you know, so that, you know, we're surplus to requirements. And unfortunately, it looks like Gabamin might well be another one. I don't think that's being too harsh. Um, he has had a couple of opportunities and he's getting the opportunity on the training pitch every week uh, to try and show what he can do. But clearly he isn't doing enough uh, to warrant inclusion. So yeah, it's a, it's another tick in the uh, in the negative box as far as uh, you know. So poor recruitment is concerned, and we could do with him at the moment, you know, because he is a midfielder of presence and of physicality, but clearly isn't doing enough to warrant it at the moment. So yeah, you know, so very very frustrating. Mm. Um, so in terms of just to bring everybody up to speed, maybe need a refresher on on people who will be missing um, and who might be available for Sunday. So no Calvert Lewin, of course, injured. No Richarlison, no Holgate, they're suspended. I think Davis is still injured. No mention of Gomez yesterday at the press conference, so he we says he's still injured. Yerry Mina still injured. We're expecting him back, but he's still out. Um, and of course, Alan has some sort of potential dead leg. Rafa was hopeful, but couldn't guarantee that he would be fit. Um, Decore could be back, as we mentioned. Damari Gray as well. Yeah, you know, and of course, sorry, yeah, and Damari Gray. The, the news is better than expected, but again, light training session uh, on I think Wednesday or Thursday is all he's done up to this point. So big question marks on that. So Adam, factoring everything I've just said there into the equation, add into the fact that the club's ability to spend money in the transfer window was significantly restricted. Is Rafa under pressure to a point where if he loses the next couple of games, he would be fearful for his job? Because as we said at the top of the podcast, the football club in recent years has um, made decisions quickly in season sometimes, um, not given managers huge levels of patience when it's been going wrong. Would you be concerned if you're Rafa? Or do you believe that the club will think differently now, having gone through all the change and, and, and the turmoil of recent years? Well, I think in normal circumstances, you'd like to think that no, that the, the manager wouldn't be in question because the, I think the reasons that you've just mentioned are completely legitimate ones, you know, missing so many key players for such a significant amount of time over the course of the last few weeks has obviously had a major effect. The fact that we were hamstrung in the last transfer window, of course, had a major effect as well so you know you'd like to think that matters like that would be uh, brought into consideration but i think you know the two main factors here are that everton have certainly fallen into this modern club sort of model over the last few years haven't they where you know farhad mashiri has got something of an itchy trigger finger <laughs> you'd have to say in terms of a uh, in terms of managerial situations it would be really interesting to see what would have happened if carlo ancelotti had stayed for example and we would have had another little bit of run of results. Would he have been forced to pull the trigger on somebody like Carlo Ancelotti? You know, that something like that is even uh, pretty interesting to, to think about. But 
you know, you really, you really find yourself not being able to predict what Everton are even thinking or what they would do if there was to be a, a continued run of bad results. And I think what you've also got to consider is the fact that, you know, Rafa Benitez was a controversial appointment in the in the best of circumstances, wasn't he? Uh, in the summer, you know, I think in some sections of the fan base, you know, the appointment of Benitez was already starting on, you know, quite a lower base than any other manager would have, for example. Uh, so, you know, that that was turned around a bit, I, I, you'd have to say, after, you know, what was a really strong start to the season, not just in terms of results, but performances as well. They were playing, the side were playing in a way that, you know, really resonated with a lot of Everton fans. That's kind of gone by the wayside. Now the key players have been injured. We've had to play, yeah, well, try and find some sort of different style to play in. And I'm just not sure that they've managed to find that, you know, m- magic formula to, about that yet. But because of the, you know, as I said, the aforementioned standing that Rafa Benitez had before he joined Everton, you know, in some sections of the fan base, that's, you know, that's that's been a major, major factor. And, you know, you, you, are, you are seeing a lot of questions about the manager, you know, but... I do like to think that in you know a normal circumstance that you, you'd you'd have to say that the manager wouldn't be questioned even if the poor run of results did continue. And you have to say as well that there are you know vast sections of the fan base who do still believe that that is to be the case. You know they can see that the problems problems at the club stem from you know something that's much much beyond Benitez. You know it's the likes of. You know, Machiri that we've mentioned, even the role of Marcel Brands can be questioned over the last few years as well. You know, there's, there's, there's so many different factors at the club over the last few years that have led them to this sort of cycle that they find themselves in. Now, you can't you can't put the blame on Benitez, but the problem is with modern football that so often the book does stop with the manager, doesn't it? You know, in, in situations like this, so... Uh, you, you hope you, you hope that it, it's a question that we don't have to deal with. Of course, hopefully, you know results and performances will pick up over the next couple of weeks when you know key players will start trickling back into the side. Hopefully, they can be uh, integrated back into the system. You know, without a hitch, and if, hopefully, we don't pick up any more injuries over, over the course of the Christmas period and beyond. Uh, but so often, football doesn't work like that, does it? So. You know, we, we can have our fingers crossed that we won't have to deal with a situation like this, but it, it's going to be it's going to be a pretty difficult one if it if it does uh, transpire to be the case over the next couple of weeks. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Gav, I guess it's the same question to you. You know, a defeat, heaven forbid, on Sunday and a difficult game Wednesday night would should. Rafa be fearful of his job if that was the case? Or do you think the football club will actually are taking a, a, a wider view of this and, and given everything as mitigation and, and absolutely fair mitigation, he, he needs to be given time, he needs to be given January this summer to really kind of get a grip of the squad and, and, and what have you? Yeah, um, it's two things here for me. I think if you're on the board... I think you could ask legitimate questions to Benitez about some performances over recent weeks. So you could say, you know, we understand you've got injuries, but you know, you, you you're famous for your teams being compact and showing desire and determination. But three, three, maybe three of the last four or five games that's been missing. Even at City, 
which I know difficult, but didn't press or, you know, we, we looked a bit, bit off it, didn't we? So I think you can ask that question. Um, and I don't think that's explainable by just saying I've got three players injured. That said, I do think that... The, I know we've had three players out, but the, the influence of them being out is a lot more than that, isn't it? Michael Keane looks a far better player when Mina's next to him, doesn't he? Alan looks a far more effective midfielder when the core he's playing. Yeah, now has to play a different role. We spoke last week about Richarlison. You know that the, no Carvalhoom means you're not getting the best out of Richarlison. So three players that being out affects six of the ten outfield players. And it affects the general organisation as a team. And 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 so I, I think he, in defence of an East as well, say is it's not missing three players. It's missing three players, but their effect is a lot on the their absence is a lot more on the team and just not being on the pitch. And the other day can just pick it all up. You know, as as previous. Um, so where I'm coming to on that is, I think with that, the fact that he's had no money to spend, and let's face it, how much money he's got to spend in January is is a new point, isn't it? I, yeah, I, I think he, I don't think he sh- he should be questioned. I think the difference with Benitez now and previous Everton managers, they've all had money to spend when they come in. You know, but then no position now to spend two hundred grand a week on a former golden, you know, leading score yeah. of the World Cup. Um, you just haven't got the money, so you, you're not going to. You haven't got the opportunity to bring somebody in. You'll have money to spend. or take things in a different man way. You've got somebody just basically going to come in and pick up what we've got at the moment. And given that we've fact I said some of our problems have been. Back with change manager over the eighteen months for the last four years, that that, that that's counterintuitive, isn't it? Why do you want to, you know, sack somebody? So, and also as well, in a strange way, the fact that there were some supporters against Benitez, we came in, understandable. I think that protects him. <laughs> with Mashiri, because if Mashiri said, "Oh, get well," well it, it's the one appointment where actually there was people against that. You know, fans against it. So, human nature is that I'm going to defend myself here, and actually, I want to. I'll, therefore, I'll keep beneath that. And I, 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 I'm so would I. To be fair, I don't, I don't see anybody out there who can possibly who can do a better, do a better job at the moment. I, 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 I totally agree with, you, with 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 what you were saying about you know mitigation and, and needs time, yeah. and everybody understands that. But all what I would say is. Mashiri also did appoint Sam Allardyce and Sam Allardyce was at the football club for, what, nine months? So in terms of the fact that he was an unpopular appointment for certain fans as a level of protection didn't didn't, didn't sort of help Allardyce, did it? Um, no, but I think, I think the, the thing there, though, is Sam was brought in for the short term, wasn't he? He's... His original, let's face it, his original deal was supposed to be just to the yes. end of the season, wasn't it? Because of the pursuit of silver and all the complications that arose from that, we ended up giving them two years. So we know it was only going to be six months. So whatever happens, whether like it or not, Mishiri was always going to get rid of him in the summer, wasn't he? You know, with Benitez, Benitez has been given, was it two? Three. Two, three-year contract. Yeah. He's there for the two, three years, isn't he, with that expectation to take us into Bramley more and at least... Mm-hmm. Give us some stability. So the two appointments are slightly different in terms of what what Mashiri wanted from them. Um, 
So on that basis, I think I get what people are saying about Benitez, and I, but I, I do think he's being given a raw deal. Um, but I fully understand why supporters and I think those people I end up the same well, and that when taking all into that into account, but those passive displays at Wolves and Man City and that traumatic ten minutes against Watford need to improve on that. Yeah, I hope you're right. I hope you're right, Gavin. I mean, um, the man, the the owner has shown in the past that he's got a twitchy finger. That you know he's yeah. um, that he's capable of panicking, and he did panic. You know, so when um, you know, so he made the Sam Allardyce appointment, and uh, he sacked you know, so Ronald Koeman, and he has had that you know to a caretaker spell. Yeah, I'm just going to read something out now if I can. Um, Baz Rathbone. I won't do the Brummy accent uh, because I can't do it. <laughs> but he's uh, he's brought out a second book, uh, The Smell of Football 2, and it's genuinely top class. This isn't a plug for his book, by the way, even though it, it is. Um, it's just what you were saying then resonated about, uh, you know, so Baz, who knows the club probably as well as any. He worked there for 11 years and uh, he went back quite recently. And this is just like a little excerpt from towards the end of the book. Uh, and he's worried. He's worried about the future of Everton. He says, and what if the club itself had changed a lot? Not for the better, in my opinion. It had fallen into the trap of becoming a typical modern Premier League club. Multi-millionaire owner with a trigger finger, regular managerial changes, investing tens of millions of pounds on players who weren't significantly better than the ones they already had. Anybody who's read my last book and knows me knows I do not like to criticise and do not take cheap shots but Everton had lost a bit of its soul, a bit of its identity, probably just like most other top flight clubs awash with money. Um, and then he just adds to it a little bit. He says, there is a soul and a feel to Everton that I haven't experienced anywhere else. It is a special club, almost a religion. And now it's a modern club that hires and fires regularly, allowing no possibility of any manager having time to really get to know and understand the place. A seemingly scattergun approach to recruitment based on the principle that if you keep throwing enough money at it, eventually something great will happen. Now, obviously, you know, so something great hasn't happened, you know, so using that, uh, that approach. And you understand why Baz would say that because, you know, he worked very, very closely with David Moyes, who had significant problems in those first few years. And you think, you know, so how would, for argument's sake, Farhad Mashiri have reacted at the end of 2003-04 when we had that absolutely abysmal finish to the season that culminated in a 5-1 defeat by Man City uh, and finished in you know, one place above the relegation zone. The following season finished fourth. But then again, start of 2005-06, where on New Year's Eve, we were 17th in the table, had been bombed out of the Champions League or controversially knocked out of the Champions League, bombed out of the Europa League. You know, that was an awful first half of the season. Would Farhad have reacted in a similar way back then? We don't know. You suspect maybe he might have done. And sometimes you need to have a little bit of courage. I'm not suggesting for a second that, you know, so the situation is so bad now that he needs to have courage and resolve. Because, you know, this, you know, sort of mess, if you want to call it that way, is not a Rafa Benitez is making. It's just an absolutely dreadful situation injury-wise at, at the moment, which is just so, so unfortunate. And a number of players, you know, so unavailable, you know, for, for very spurious reasons that started even right at the start of the season. You know, it's it's just been a really, really unlucky, you know, sort of first few months for Everton Football Club. And hopefully, you know, so Farhad will, you know, sort of, have a bit of courage, have the uh, the courage of his convictions, you know, so back his manager as much as he can uh, in January and allow things to, to improve. 
But it's it's a worry, you know, because as we've seen in the past, you know, so Farhad does have form, you know, so for jumping, you know, when things are going badly, and you know, things are teetering on that at the moment, which brings us totally full circle now to where we started talking about how important this game is at the weekend. You know, so if things do go badly on Sunday, you know, so things could be seen to be, you know, so in a very parlous state, you know, so if we do get a result. You're suddenly comfortably, you know, so just above mid-table again, and you know, so looking at the teams above you. So it's it's a very very important game, but equally, I think it's important that the, the owner shows a little bit of courage and a little bit of conviction at the moment, and just you know, so remains calm. Mm. Okay, good stuff. Well, Adam, that brings us neatly onto predictions time. We'll start with you. Um, you'll be down there with me on Sunday. Uh, Brentford v Everton, two o'clock. Uh, how's it going to go? I really don't know. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's quite interesting. As a little side point, you know, I know we've talked a lot about you know who might play up front and whether Ellis Sims might play. I would actually play Lewis Dobbin from the start. I think his raw pace and technical ability on the wing, uh, if we were to you know keep in this four three three sort of formation, I think he's going to be a lot more useful than somebody like Alex Iwobi in a game like this. So I would actually. Play Lewis Dobbin from the start, and he's got the benefits of being fully match fit, having had so a, you know tiny little bits of Premier League experience as well. So I'd actually throw him in from the start, and I'm going to go for a win. We've got like this, as I say, it's a, it's a must win. You've got you've got to try and battle out a win. So I'm going to go for two one to Everton. Very good. Yeah, I, I agree. Two one as well, um, Gav. Uh, well, coming off the back of my spectacularly, uh, we're going to draw a City uh, prediction. Uh, um, I'm, I'm sort of obviously looking at my options there, but I, I think Penno just touched on it. It is a bit like that, but the, that Sunderland game that ended the the long, traumatic spell Moyes had in 2005 when they're on New Year's Eve, me and Kale. Absolutely hopeless. Got pummeled and Kale scored from a header, didn't he, in the last minute from a corner. Um, and sort of turned the season out. And Moy, have a look. I'm going off on the tangent here. Have a look at Moyes' stats before that game and after that game. They were completely different. Uh, so I'm going to go for a 1 0 win again for the Mighty Blues. Um, pure, pure, I haven't got a clue why. <laughs> uh, uh, just, 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 I, I, I sped back from a beautiful day in the lakes last week to watch Everton get twenty three percent percent possession huh. in Manchester. So uh, I won't be doing that this uh, this Sunday, you know. So one one nil to the Mighty Blues, massive game, really big game. Preno, you gonna make it a clean sweep? Uh, I was gonna go for a draw. Um, Brentford have been beaten by Burnley. Sorry, I've been beaten by Norwich. Uh, I've drawn against Newcastle recently. You know, so three of the the weaker teams in the Premier League, if you like. So you'd imagine that there's an opportunity there, you know, so for us to get something. But Brentford are a very, very honest team. You get a great level of performance from them, you know, so week in, week out. And they're going to be at it. They're going to be intense. They're going to be, you know, so chasing and pressing Everton. Much depends on, you know, sort of the, the quality of side we can send out, I suppose, whether Alan's fit, whether Decore starts. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit on the fence still and go with me draw. 
which I don't think is a bad result in the circumstances. I know we, you know, you described it as must win earlier for you guys. I said it's just you know we need to get a result of some form, and a draw is a result. And I got one right last week. You said we got battered at Man City, <laughs> which you didn't need to be. So, you know, hopefully that's the, the one I get right every six months. So I'm completely wrong on this occasion and you guys are right. But I, I'm going to go for a draw, 1-1 one, one draw. 1-1, one, one. okay. Good stuff, chaps. Uh, excellent, as always. And hopefully you've enjoyed listening. Um, Adam and I will be at Brentford on Sunday, hopefully reporting on a much-needed victory. Um, so keep with us across the weekend, particularly on Sunday, as we report from the game. Um Chaps, thanks again and thank you very much for listening. This has been the Royal Blue Podcast. You've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.